This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. I'm just going to start here because I don't get it. I don't understand it. I need clarity. I need closure. I need all those things. I, I need a lot of sures when it comes to the criticism of Kuznetsov's shootout game winner back on Monday for the Washington Capitals as they came back from 2-0 down beat the Flames. Uh, Tim Peel, former official, says it was a disgrace to the game. People wanting to see a rule change. What rule did he violate? What rule did he massage in his favor? you got to continue to move forward. So he's very deliberate, very slow at work. They scored a goal. It was the game winner. Washington got two points. Get over it. I'm really surprised people were flipping out about this. I'd love to hear from you at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct, and I'll get some read them on Friday when I do the podcast. But I was talking to Anthony about it. He's a big hockey guy. He's our producer, Anthony Pusick. Didn't have a problem with it, at least at the time. Now he might have changed his oh, mind. Nope, I now know. I do, definitely. Um, but just because you hate the shootout. Yeah, we should get rid of the shootout. I think well, that's... Well, that I'm, I, I'm, I'm completely for. Now, if you want... See, this is the fraud that I am. If you wanted the... If this led to the abolishment of the shootout, then I'd be all for it. That's why I'm... Yeah, that's where I'm at. So I get where you're going there, but as far as... Like, he didn't do anything illegal. He didn't stop. Uh, he kept moving forward, very deliberate, and he scored a goal. So I, I really... Uh, this whole disgrace to the game. If you don't like it, if you think that there should, what was this? What you want to have a speed limit? I, I, I've heard suggestions that there should be a clock. Now, for you old school video game guys, because I've been playing it with my son Marco, NHL '94, which is the greatest video game in the history of anything, where you got the move and all that. And it's all the you know the '93 '94 season. You know it. If you know it, you love it. EA Sports, go check it out. It's old school. It's it's the way hockey should be played. It's the way video games should be played. But Debatable. there's a shootout. There there's 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 a shootout that you can do. So th- this is how this is how forward thinking EA was at the time that they actually had a shootout. Not at the end of a tie game, but that you could play a shootout. You can play regular season. You can play playoffs, and you can play a shootout. So because Marco doesn't understand all the rules and he doesn't know how to pass yet. Um, I wanted to try to train him how to shoot on EA, so on 94, so we play the shootout. And the way that they structure the shootout, there is a time. I think you got like 20 seconds. And if you don't get a shot off in 20 seconds, it's no goal. So, I mean, if you wanted to do that, I guess, put a clock up, you got to do it in a certain period of time. But, but how much time are you going to put on there? Because even if you put 20 seconds on there, Kuznetsov still would have had enough time. You want to put 10 seconds on the board? I, I guess. If you want to toy with it, if you want to fool around. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I thought it was creative, scored a goal. It was a really good win for Washington coming back from 2-0 down after getting shut out by Pittsburgh in their opener 4 nothing. To be able to be down 2 nothing and to come back like that and, and to be able to win a game was uh, was pretty cool. But I'm just I'm really surprised. But, Anthony, honestly, were, were you surprised by the outrage that people seem to have on social media about it? Well, when you asked me yesterday, before ENM, we were talking about it, and you were like, what do you think of the Kuznetsov thing? And I said, what are you talking about? Because I saw the play, and I was like, cool. Right. Nice play, nice, it's a way to do it that's different, and it obviously froze the goalie, so why not? I didn't realize the how upset people were about yeah, it. I mean, he didn't break a rule, so I don't understand what the problem is. I don't even think he bent a rule. I, I just think you, you get creative. 
Some guys like to like to fly. They think that is something to use, utilize their speed. Some people want to be deliberate. The rule states that your momentum always has to be moving forward. You can't stop. Obviously, you can't take a second shot. Uh, you can't overskate the puck. You know, there's certain rules that already exist. Kuznetsov didn't violate any of them. Um, people just, are they're not happy unless they're complaining about something. I guess uh, that's the case. Speaking of which, I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Anthony. I'm, I'm looking around because I, I sent out the tweet about um, game misconduct. So people were were tweeting me this morning about uh, about that. And I got this from Adam. He retweeted um, Ryan Novosensky, who covers the Devils, I think. Let me just double check. Oh, uh, I, I know. What, yeah, I, I see everything, Don, but no, I know exactly where you're going here. Sure. Right. So he sends me this tweet about Timo Meyer. What, they, what they're calling a brutal start to the Devils season, which I, which I take exception to. They've gotten three points in three games. They're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. I know all three games were at home. They haven't been overly impressive, but I guess everybody just had them pegged to win the Stanley Cup, and now they're freaking out that they've lost two of the first three games and only have three points. They beat Detroit. Um, half-hearted effort against Arizona in a loss, although Arizona's pretty good. And then they lost to Florida. They, they spotted them four goals. They scored three unanswered in the third, but lost um, four to three. So Ryan tweeted out, Timo Meyer on the brutal start to the 23-24 season. Blank happens. Sun came up again this morning. It's a new day. You just try to go out there and work as hard as you can. That's what he said about uh, about that. So then I get a tweet. Adam says, I guess we're not going to hear Don LaGreca calling for his fat ass behind uh, the, the get cut. Um, I thought it was an interesting comment from Timo um, because you have to kind of stay in kind of the um, norm when, when, when you have such expectations. And Ryan mentioned in his tweet the message to Devil fans, I promise it's better than Evan Neal's, it, that Evan Neal went after the fans personally. I like that Timo is engaging the fans and saying, hey, we hear you, we hear the struggle, um, we're trying to get better, but we, we, we can't live and die with every game the way the fans do because you got to stay even-keeled. You, you can't flip out. You can't get overly emotional. Do I need to remind Devil fans that last year you started out 0-2, started chanting for Lindy Ruff to get fired, and then you ended up having the greatest regular season in franchise history, finished second place in the division, and now everybody thinks you're going to win the Stanley Cup. So it is a long, long season in both the positive and the negative. All right, all right the Devils off to a 1-1-1 start, kind of slow. Uh, Edmonton got off the mat last night against Nashville, scored six goals, but they were 0-2 after getting bounced around by Vancouver. And on the positive side, the Islanders are 2-0, Flyers are 2-0, and you could start, you know, booking your playoff tickets now. Um, I wouldn't go that far either. I mean, it's still very, very early in the season, and you know, as as he said, blank's going to happen. Done. And you're not always going to get the points you expect to get. You're not always going to win games at home, and you're not always going to live up to April or May or June expectations in the month of October. I'm confused, Don. Yes. What the heck are we talking about? Did- does anybody think that what Timo Meyer said is anywhere close to what Evan Neal said? Yeah, I'm a little surprised that Ryan went there. I, I, guess I thought he was, he was kidding the fans, or I thought he, I thought he was saying the guy who tweeted you was saying, I guess we're not going to hear Don ask the Devils to cut Meyer because I didn't even think this was in the same stratosphere. He I acknowledged he saying that the fans that I wouldn't could be call upset. for it because it isn't in the same stratosphere. I, I just I don't I don't get it. Uh, they're off to a 
slow start, and the fans are upset because there's high expectations this year. And Meyer acknowledged it. I I don't I don't get it. I just didn't. I just was wondering what did, did people think that they were going to go out there and win every game they played. Now I understand. Yes. You look at the schedule, and you go, "Oh, we start out with Detroit, non-playoff team. We start out with Arizona, non-playoff team. Uh, Florida was off to an zero and two start, so maybe you think it's a safe landing." I look at it the other way. Detroit is a good team. All right, they're they're a spirited team. The Devils won that game. The Arizona is much better. Now they didn't look great last night, only having fourteen shots on goal against the Islanders, but that's a much better team than last year. And, you know, Florida, I looked at that game and said, they're going to wake up. I mean, they're 0-2 to start the season. They're going to wake up. So uh, I wouldn't get crazy about it. Let's fast forward a month from now, all that, uh, to see where the team stands. But it's a long, arduous season. And this is where where you can get yourself in a little bit of trouble if you're a Devil fan, where you start putting the expectations ultra high and then you freak out when they don't live up to those expectations right away. You start booing the team. You start putting pressure on the team. And and then the team starts to feel it. Come on. It's a young team. They're off to a bit of a slow start. They've still picked up three points. I like their 0-3. Listen, Edmonton got off the mat last night with the six goals. But they were, you know, Vancouver beat them around. You know, you lose 8-1, you lose 4-3. Um, not a great start to the season, and expectations are just as high, if not higher, for Edmonton fans. Let's not completely, you know, freak out. Same thing with Buffalo. All right, zero two start to the season. That was a huge win for them last night. Uh, they blow the lead uh, late, as you know. Hagel is just one of those. Uh, Tampa just seems to have underrated guys, right? Guys that you don't think of, and and. That, that just supply offense and are just good all-around players. Now, it was a great acquisition back in the day for Tampa. He scores late, I think, with seven seconds to go. Uh, but then uh, Cousins gets the game winner. Buffalo really needed that. I mean, they, they would have gotten a point anyway, but they just needed that. And, you know, Tampa's off to – I wouldn't freak out about Tampa. I mean, obviously, I don't think they're a Stanley Cup champion anymore – um, they'll always be in the conversation. I get it. The back-to-back cups, the three straight years to the Stanley Cup final. But you saw the wears last year. You're playing without Vasilevsky. I uh, wouldn't that get that crazy about Tampa's uh, slow start. You know, getting back to the Islanders, two and zero. The Islanders. This is the way the Islanders are going to win games. All right. The, 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 I know that they've got a healthy Lee. You got Horvat now. Barzell, who scored last night, is a good offensive player. But let's face it, the way the Islanders played last night, it is going to be 90s dead puck era hockey for the Islanders to win. And I'm not mad at that. You know, you're going to see a lot of Ranger fans, Devil fans, fans around the league. I know Bissonette gets up on them and TNT that they're boring. This is the way that they're built to win. This is a Lou Lamarolo type of team. And without a ton of offensive talent and with a world-class goaltender in Sorokin, this is the way they're going to win. And they're off to a 2-0 start. Maybe they took advantage of the Coyotes having played the night before, but you hold a team to 14 shots on goal, and you've got that kind of a goaltender not having to face very much, you're going to win a lot more than you're going to lose. Now, I do think this is an offensive league. I do think the Islanders will leave points on the table throughout the year because of the lack of offense. It's a really tough way to play. I I saw it growing up as a Devil fan. I saw the Devils play it that way. Um it, it it grinds you. It wears you down. You lose a lot of tough games that way because, and and the league's different than it was when the Devils were playing that style because you've got so many great offensive players 
that you can't just hold them down. They're going to get theirs. I mean, you play Toronto and you try to squelch them, yeah, you might get away with it for a period or two, but eventually Matthews, Nylander, you know, those guys are going to figure it out. You go up against Edmonton, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, they're, they're going to figure it out. They're going to get their goals. And you know, last night they won one nothing. Uh, the next game they might lose 2-1. to one. So you'll lose games that way too. But uh, that's kind of the formula for the Islanders. I'm not mad at it. Um, I know that people like to call it boring. It probably is to people that aren't Islander fans, but Islander fans trying to get back into the playoffs after you know losing in the first round last year, it, it, it's the way to do it. And um, they're going to find a way to get it done. Golden Knights still undefeated. A 3-2 win over the Stars. Carlson scores with three minutes to go to force overtime. They eventually win the game in the shootout. Watch out for Dallas. Yeah, I, I predicted Dallas to come out um, and, and get to the final uh, I don't see any reason why that could uh, end up being wrong for me. But Golden Knights, where's the weakness? I mean, where is the weakness? They they play well defensively. They're a well-rounded offensive team. Uh, I mentioned this last year in their cup run, that the difference between this Golden Knights team and the one who went to the Stanley Cup final in their first year is they've got, you know, uh, they've got a like legitimate offensive star power. They really do. And, and you bring in an, an Eichel, that's going to be a difference maker. That's going to allow you to keep up with the Joneses in this offensive league now. So good on them. Uh, Carolina beat San Jose 6-3. to uh, Carolina's only hiccup, really. I guess you could say the end of the Kings game on Saturday, where they have a 5-2 lead, ended up blowing it, did win the game um, in the shootout. And then they they, get, they had nothing against Anaheim the next night in the second of back-to-back. And i got to tell you, you know, the second of back-to-backs um, for for the Coyotes playing the Islanders, playing the Rangers and the Islanders, and even the Devils on Friday, it's not the same. You know, when, when teams come to play the local teams, they stay in the same hotel. You know, even though, you know, even when the Islanders played in Brooklyn and now out in Long Island, they stay in the same hotel. You know, so there really isn't any kind of travel. It just becomes kind of just a weekend or a week stay in New York. The only way you might get in trouble is if they go out there and party and take advantage of all the trappings of Manhattan. But otherwise, there's no real travel. The pain in the ass of playing the Kings and the Ducks, I've done it on the trip of the Rangers, is that you, the way we, at least the way the Rangers did, I'm sure a lot of other teams do it too. You stay in LA, play the Kings, because that's usually how it would go. Play the Kings, then you play the Ducks is you, 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 you stay in Los Angeles proper, you play the game, and then you stay over or you drive the hour and a half, two hours down to Anaheim and then stay in a, like a hotel there quick and then play. So it, it, it's a little bit different as far as like the travel is concerned in the second of back-to-backs. Again, not making excuses for Carolina, but they're a good team and they just had kind of that mail-in against Anaheim. But they got right back on the horse and beat the crap out of the Sharks, who, again, they're in their rebuild, and that's just one of the things that they're going to have to deal with. But you, when you look at why I think Carolina can win the Stanley Cup, and it's pretty simple, is I don't know if there's anybody that's got the blue line that they have and how they can supply offense off that blue line. And to me, that's half the battle in this sport. And that's why I think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. And you saw it last night, the way that they've uh, you know, been able to pick up goals, what you're able to get out of Jacob Slavin, who I think is just one of the most underrated players in the National Hockey League. Um, uh, they they supply so much offense from their blue line. And, they're, uh, and you know, Pesci's very underrated, too. 
And, and then uh, Natchez, uh, Jarvis. Jarvis had a couple of goals last night. Carolina is just a really just outstanding, outstanding team. And I think when it's all said and done, they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Avalanche beating up on the Seattle Kraken, scoring four and answer goals in that one. And Seattle off to a bit of a slow start. You were kind of concerned about them, right? At least I was in the sense that they had that great regular season last year, won a playoff round, um, and now you know they did some things, um, nothing overly dramatic to change the team, uh, but 0-3 to start the year, obviously not what you want, uh, not an ideal situation for them at all. Um, but one of the newest acquisitions on the team got, got involved. Yamamoto scored the first goal, but then it was just all – Avalanche after that. I mean, the Avalanche are just so, so, so loaded. Rantanen gets his already, you know, third of the season. Nikushkin, who EJ talked about when we had him on on um, last Monday, just analyzing the Western Conference, you know, getting him back on the, the straight and narrow because he's such an important piece to their team that they had to play a lot of games last year without him. Um, that that's really going to help Colorado and just well-round them. And even without Landeskog again, they're just so exceptionally deep. It's just it's really it's really difficult to not think that they're, they're going to be a major contender uh, in the conference as well. Um, let's get to your tweets. I want to give you um, as interactive as possible uh, during uh, this broadcast. So let's see. Pete chimes in. Hey, Don, should Devil fans be at all concerned about Myers' slow start? I want to be confident that he'll get going shortly, but he didn't have a great playoff, and now the team's most expensive player is getting benched three games into the season. And I guess that's what what, uh, what Meyer was trying to say, is that let's not get overly crazy about what's happening here with me and what's happening with the start to the season. But I'm going to just repeat myself again. I'm not going to get crazy. He didn't have a great postseason. A lot of the Devils didn't. Um, outside of what they were able to do in that Ranger series, outside of Jack Hughes. The goaltending um, was good and then not, obviously, in the Carolina series. He's going to be fine. Uh, he's making, you know, he made a commitment. It was an adjustment last year coming over from San Jose. And then, you know, he makes the commitment here. It's only three games. I, I just can't, I can't just get too crazy about it. Um, he's acknowledged it. He understands it. He's going to fight through it. He's going to be fine. Uh, AZ Ranger says, Don, how long of a leash do you think Wheeler has? So far, he's done absolutely nothing and looks really slow. I mean, 16 years in the league, I I think he is what he is. You know, he's playing on the third line. Uh, I've seen a little bit more out of him than maybe you have. Nothing great. I didn't have a tremendous amount of expectations for him coming in. There's been some rumblings that... You know, they might go after Kane in November. I think it is what it is. I think they brought him in from a leadership standpoint, a little depth standpoint. I think I think he'll be fine. Um, he's, he's trying to get acclimated. He was in Winnipeg for a long, long time. Um, so he's got a new city. He's got new players to deal with. Um, I, again, I think they, they're going to be fine, that third line. He's getting a chance to play with Cooley, and he's only played five, what, six National Hockey League games now. I think Wheeler, as long as your expectations aren't too over the top, I think he's going to be fine. Jacob says, the Lightning have looked completely outmatched so far this season. Is this a result of Asilefsi's absence or a larger issue? Well, again, a lot of games have been played over the last few years, um, and I think they're going to be fine. Again, it's a very small sample size, but you are talking about maybe pound for pound, the best goaltender in the National Hockey League, just looking at his hardware in the regular season and the postseason, to miss. Now, I don't think Johansson's been that awful, but, I, again, just a very slow start, not great. 
Uh, Buffalo was due. They did find a way to get at least a point last night, getting the late goal from Hagel. Um, I am not. Um, I'm not going to freak out about Tampa, although I don't think I have them at the cup level anymore. Jimmy says, "Rule change idea. How would you feel about giving the team who was awarded a penalty shot the choice between that or a two minute power play?" Great question because I brought this up in the post game of the Ranger game because it had been suggested. Who is it that said it? Vincent um, Trocheck. Yeah, Trocek said it because Zucker had the penalty shot. And after the game, Trocek said, boy, you, you almost wish you could have had um, that they, that they you, were, you were glad that it was a penalty shot and not a power play because they can gain momentum. They get two minutes to try to score. And even if they don't score because there was five minutes left in the game, they miss out on the opportunity. Then you get, then you pull the goaltender. They might be able to create momentum to tie the game. And Igor Shosturkin's one of the best goalies in the league. And it's a one shot deal. Zucker misses it, and then it's all over. Now all the momentum flies the other side um, to the to the Rangers because now the crowd's apoplectic. They get a big stop from Igor. He's completely engaged the rest of the game, and then the Rangers win it. Now, if I'm Arizona in that situation, if it's Cooley, if it's Keller. I probably take the penalty shot, but it's Zucker, so I probably take the power play. I love the rule. I really don't see anything wrong with it. Do you, Anthony? I think it's great. Let the team, that the victimized team, decide whether they want the two minutes or whether they want the penalty shot. I think it's a great idea. For me, saying I hate the shootout and saying it's gimmicky, and I know penalty shots are different. I feel like I'd be hypocritical if I said I'd like that idea because I feel like it's very shootout esque. Although in game, it does bring a lot of excitement. I kind of like the rule the way it is. Right. But I wouldn't hate it. We could put it in the binder. You have some time on your hands. You're not getting the NFL commissioner job, so yeah, you know, it's 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 laughable. But it's I I can I I think you could debate it. It's it could make it interesting. Um, but it's not the end of the world either. David said, "Yevgeny Malkin not being in ESPN's top 100 list is egregious, in my opinion." He got excluded from the NHL 100 list, and now he's not even one of the 100 best players in the league right now. When will the Geno slander stop? I I heard he wasn't on the list, and apparently the Penguins are upset about it too. The problem we get into with these lists is how much do they weigh the history and the career, and how much do they weigh the in the now? Because in the now, I mean, Yevgeny Malkin's on the back nine. He's clearly not the player he was when he first came up, so, but he's still a, an amazing player. To think that there are you know a hundred players better than Yevgeny Malkin does seem to be pretty egregious. Looking at this quickly, Anthony, they are definitely living in the now. I don't think they've really spent a lot of what have you know what your career is like. No, and I think that's fair though, because the ta- the rank is top one hundred player predictions for the twenty twenty three twenty four season. Yeah. There's reason to argue, probably, just taking a look at this. I mean, I see 98 is Owen Power. I think Evgeny Malkin's going to have a better season than Owen Power. Yeah, Um, and and I think he's going to have a better season than John Carlson. I think he's going to have a better season than JT Miller. I think JT Miller is a terrific player. Uh, Morgan Riley in Toronto. Now, you can't go by points sometimes with these defensemen. Come on, Robert Thomas. I I I, I like him, you know, but... He's fine. 
Interesting. Cadre. It's it, it's really interesting as I'm just like flipping through here now. 50 broadcasters, analysts, reporters, and editors to rate players based on how good they will be in the 2023-24 season compared to their peers. Emphasis placed on their value for this upcoming season, which explains why players that are currently out injured but expect their return might be lower than if they were completely healthy. Yeah, you could find a way to be able to put Yevgeny Malkin in there. Now, uh, now people have asked me, Anthony was one of those people, did I get a chance to vote? I work for ESPN. I don't know, something happened this year <laughs> because I used to always be involved in the weekly rankings, uh, predictions for the start of the season. Uh, Greg Wojcicki just must have forgotten my email, so I did not get a chance to vote. And if I had voted, I probably would have voted for Yevgeny Malkin. Well, I was going to say our friend Greg Wojcicki. I yeah, believe but- um, he wrote an article today about the snubs. Okay, but uh, Ryan Clark wrote of Genny Malkin. Uh, not only because of how he started last season. Last season was the first time more than a decade he played all 82 games, so he believed he was a snub. Arda Ocal, our good friend, said Matt Zuccarello. Uh, Kristen Shilton said Trevor Zegris, and Greg Wyshynski actually put Chris Kreider. Chris yeah, Kreider's Chris not Kreider, in the top 100. Underrated too. I mean, Chris Kreider has scored uh, in the last two seasons. He has scored 88 goals. 52 goals and 38 goals. So Not in the top 100. Yeah. yeah. Listen, it's all it's all Tonka truck. Uh, Nicholas says, hey, Don, tough road trip coming up for the Rangers after Thursday. Five games, West Coast, five points enough to say that's a positive trip, or do you think you need more? Love what I see so far through the first three, even the Columbus game that got away from them. All right, so the Rangers are going to start this trip in Seattle on Saturday. they got a game on Thursday tomorrow against Nashville, and they'll be in Seattle. All right, so you figure if you want to have a good trip, you got to be able to beat Seattle. They've had success out there. Seattle's off to a tough start, losing three of their first four. Actually, all four. They just only got one point in their first four. So you figure you got to get two there. Then you go to Calgary. Calgary is a team, if you look at it, has the Rangers number. In the last couple of years, the Rangers have put up some stinkers against the Flames. But I think the Rangers are better than the Flames. Then you've got Edmonton. Get two in Alberta. That's fair, right? Get Just get two points. Whether it's a win and a loss, two shootout losses, whatever, get two in Edmonton, in Alberta. Then you go back out west to Vancouver. Now, Vancouver outside of last night's played well. So, And then you go to Winnipeg, and Winnipeg has struggled out of the gate. But that's the last game of the trip. It's a weird trip. Like I said, Seattle, then you go to Alberta for two games, then you go back to BC, and then you fly halfway across the country to the central time zone to play Winnipeg. So five points I think would be fine. Five games, five points on the road. Seattle's a playoff team last year. Um, Edmonton was a playoff team last year. Winnipeg was a playoff team last year. Then you take a look at, okay, Seattle's off to a tough start. Calgary, Winnipeg, slow start, but Vancouver's been great. Um, So you can look at it and mishmash it any way you want. If they get five points then you got to be happy. Now, get to tomorrow against Nashville because then you're going to be in really good shape because then you want to stockpile points. And if we're talking about a team that would then, what, be nine games into the season at that point, and if you're able to have 11 points with that many games on the road, because then we'd be looking at the team that played nine games and seven of the nine would have been on the road, and to have 11 points, you'd be very happy with the start of that season. So get two against Nashville, get five on the road trip, and then I think you'd be very, very happy if you were a Ranger fan where they are. Uh, Fabio says, what are the odds Drury makes a run at Patty Kane in the coming week? Why are we doing this? 
we'll see how it goes. Anthony, you said something. Why are we doing this? Because he's Patrick Kane. I know, but and people get excited about Patrick Kane the same way that I got excited way back in the day when the Devils got you know Phil Housley, you know uh, back in the day when the Rangers went out and got uh, Marcel Dion. You know, it's exciting when you get these players that have the name. But if you really brush the debris away, you realize that what are these guys anymore? You're going to be talking about Patrick Kane, who's in his mid-30s, has a bad back, didn't have a great playoff last year, had his moments, and everybody's thinking that he's going to find the fountain of youth. Let me ask Ranger fans this. Go ahead. Who would you rather see play on the third line this season? Patrick Kane or Brendan Othman? Well, they let's see. That's you know what there are a lot of people that are going to say I don't know what Othman can do. I mean, he's he's never played the National Hockey League before. I know what Patrick Kane can do. See, because it's the fallacy of him refining it again. The fact is, is that he's not the same player. He's going to be coming back from injury, coming back from surgery. Wouldn't have had played hockey, no training camp, you know. But you're hoping you're going to find the fountain of youth, and maybe you do. Now, I don't know if you get him really cheap. Is it, is it, is it that awful a move? You know, um, they took a chance on Blake Wheeler. If it's not working out, I mean, different style, different player. But I, mean, I, I think it's – Anthony, it's going to be a thing because he's Patrick Kane. I know it's going that, to that's, that's just the way fans are. He still has a, a name value. There's a level of excitement there. But I look at it, and i got to look at the player in the now. And I see a player that's not what he was. I'm not going to bet that he's all of a sudden going to find it. That was a long time ago. I mean, you know, those those three cups that Taves and Kane won in Chicago. Well, what was the the last one was what in '15? So we're talking about that was eight years ago. And if you take a look, he's kind of trending in the opposite direction. And you can't, you couldn't have been overly impressed with what you saw when he got here. Flashes, yes, but overall, and Tarasenko falls into this list as well, although he's not as old. They did not live up to the expectations. So I'm a little surprised that Ranger fans are leaning towards the past instead of the present. But I, in a way, I understand it because it's a name. And it's sexy. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened just to kind of give it that shot, um, especially if they're able to get him on the cheap, especially because you know they were able to make it work um, bringing him in last year. But um, uh, the team's playing pretty well. I, I really don't. I wouldn't get um, get too crazy about it. So I wouldn't get, get angry if they it did either. it. I just don't think it's necessary at the moment. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see, right? We'll we'll see where this team goes from an offensive standpoint and whether they are going to feel like they need um, to 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 make it work. All right, let's take a look at tonight. Just uh, two games on a Wednesday: Capitals and Ottawa to take on the Senators. Still waiting for Ovechkin to score a first goal. Penguins are going to be in Detroit to take on the Red Wings. That should be fun. Both teams off to two and one starts. So Friday, it's still too early to do the rankings, the weekly rankings, because we're hardly into the season. But we can have some fun uh, with your tweets, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct, kind of recap everything that was happening, uh, preview the weekend. So we're looking forward to that. We will talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.